Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. Today is Monday after a atrocious 49ers performance, to say the least. Um, but before we start, I just want to let you guys know that the plan moving forward is to have me and Jake, who's here. Jake, if you want to say hi real quick. What's going on, everybody? Um, he and I are going to be doing an episode to sort of recap the game. Not like a play-by-play recap and that kind of stuff, just because I don't really think anyone wants to listen to that, but just kind of our reactions to the performances of the players and that type of episode every Monday. And then I'm also going to be releasing another episode on either Thursday or Friday every week, depending on how the game looks, you know, are there injuries that we're waiting on to see and maybe like, so I'll wait to a Friday sometimes, but basically we're going to be doing that and that's going to be the schedule. So Monday episode is going to come out with Jake and then Friday or Thursday, we're going to have another episode with me and another guest. So I just wanted to get that out there. But with that said, we got to talk about the first Sunday of football. It was awesome having football back. However, the 49ers, they, they look bad. They, 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 the game starts, they come out, the 76-yard touchdown to Raheem Mostert, and it's like, oh, yeah, this offense is going to be cruising. And then it, that was about it. <laughs> and it, yeah. was, it was really ugly. So I, I don't know. I have a lot of concerns. Most of them are on the offensive side of the ball. I do think it's fair to talk, talk about that. Debo and Ayuk are out. So maybe that's why Jimmy looked completely shook, but it was still really bad. Yeah, and I mean, it's a fair point. Um, I I do want to bring this up. So, I mean, last season, we know how Garoppolo looked without Emmanuel Sanders there before, you know, Debo really broke out. I mean, this, he looked not great. I mean, he he was okay. He wasn't anything special. You go back to the first few weeks before we acquired Sanders, it was really run dominant. I mean, and, you know, you could either attribute that to the fact that he's coming off an ACL or you could attribute that to the fact that Shanahan just wanted to ease him back in. Um, but regardless, I mean, even going up to the, the Seattle game where he doesn't have Kittle or Sanders, it wasn't looking good. So I think injuries it does play a big factor into this, but we can't ignore the fact that it wasn't a very good game for him either. Yeah, he looked really bad. Um, and sorry if you guys hear the background noise. My dishwasher is going right now. But the offense was not there. Like, at the beginning, like, it's like, okay, look, they got Isaiah Simmons on the mismatch, which I was expecting. Um, if you guys listened to my previous episode, I talked about the fact that, that I thought that it was going to be, okay, which linebackers win the game. 49ers linebackers played well. Um, Emmanuel Mosley didn't, but we'll get into that later. Uh, but the – but the Cardinals linebackers didn't play very well. There's the Trent Williams pancake block, and it wasn't on Simmons. It was on Hicks. I said that it was a lock that he was going to pancake block Simmons. Um, but if you guys haven't seen the Trent Williams pancake block, it's really something that you, you rarely see that level of block in the NFL because he absolutely demolishes him. He looks like he's running a route off the line of scrimmage. Like, you don't see that. Um, but, but the passing offense was not there. The, the running offense – they were rushing the ball well. They averaged 4.9 yards as a team. Jarek McKinnon actually looked really good. Him and Raheem looked like a nice one-two punch. Tevin Coleman, he only had four carries, and I think he had one catch. So didn't do a ton, but it really seems like he's the third guy now, which probably is going to make a lot of 49er fans happy because 
there is not much love in the 49ers world for Tevin Coleman, which, which I don't reciprocate. I, I like him. But Raheem and Jet McKinnon look like they're the much better players. So the rushing offense, I liked it. I like what I saw. Kyle Juszczyk had a couple plays where he was open. He had a big 41-yard catch. He also had one where he was wide open. And I don't – like, Jimmy's got to get the ball out. Like, you just got to get it out. Um, but the big, the big story of this whole game is that Jimmy Garoppolo did – that was probably the worst performance I think he's had in a 49ers uniform. That was – it was yeah. bad. He looked he, – the whole game he looked shook. He looked hesitant. There was one play that – he looks like it's like a glitch in a video game, and he, he's in the pocket. He's kind of hopping around. He, like, loses the ball on a pump fake, like fumbles it, and then he, like, does, like, two spins and either got sacked or threw an incompletion. But, but there's, like, guys open. And, and there's a lot of plays where guys are wide open. There was one play where Raheem Mostert, it's in the red zone, and he runs, like, a little wheel route. No one on the side of the field. Absolutely no one on that side of the field. And Jimmy doesn't even look his way. So I don't know if that's – if the confidence thing is because of the receivers, but I'll be the first one to say that if that doesn't get cleaned up, there's going to be some serious issues for the 49ers this season. Well, I think there's a couple things really um, – first off, we'll get into coaching later, but from the pre-scripted plays to you know now Shanahan's play calling, and it just – I never really felt like they could ever get themselves into a rhythm – and, I mean, you can tell when Kyle is having a good day because the play action is working, the running game is working. It just feels like everything is working. And I do think we'll see that at some point. So when that's not working, you're really relying on your quarterback to step up and, and, and make big plays. And I think what we're going to see a lot of this season is taking the ball out of the running back's hands and forcing it into Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, similar to what the Chiefs game plan was in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. And that's been the biggest problem for Garoppolo. You know, these guys send rushers, they send five, they send six, you know, sometimes they're sending eight guys at Garoppolo and he just can't handle the pressure. And I understand there's times where you just have to pull the ball down and, you know, protect, but it just does, you know, he doesn't feel like he's confident to me. He doesn't feel like the kind of guy where he's going to recognize the blitz and then find the open guy. Like it just seems like if he gets too many guys in his face, he gets nervous. And that's a little bit alarming to me, at least early on in the season. Yeah. And I do want to say like one thing, this episode is titled relax and we, we do need to relax. It's, it's the first game of the year. I don't know if you've seen it before Jake, but the stat line for Jimmy Garoppolo's first games are pretty like they're not first games of the season his last like three years they're not very good um and so it's just like one of those things like does it maybe like it takes him a second you know got to get back into like game form and stuff um and, and also, I, yeah go ahead go ahead sorry to cut you off I, I also just want to point out that you know it is hard for offenses to get back into the rhythm when you don't have um a preseason to you know run through series and, you know, even training camp this year being super limited, right? They didn't even put pads on until super late into uh, training camp. So this is an adjustment year just in of itself. Um, but, you know, now there's no preseason. There's, there's nothing to knock the rust off. And you're getting thrusted into an interdivisional game against, you know, an upgraded defense. So it, it's – and you're, you're, you're missing – two of your best offensive weapons, three if you want to count Emmanuel Sanders since this is the first game with, you know, since the Super Bowl without him. So 
it's hard to come in with super tall expectations, but that showing definitely is something that we have to be critical of as fans from Jimmy Garoppolo because, look, it wasn't, you know, great, but there were plenty of chances we had to win that ball game on offense, and he just didn't do it. The biggest, the biggest play of the game was the, th- was the throw into the right corner of the end zone when, where Kendrick Bourne's running like a wheel route or like a fade, and he's open by like five or seven yards. Jimmy underthrows him. Terrible throw. It was, it was a terrible throw. Jimmy, looked, yeah. Jimmy did look off just the whole game, um, but that was a terrible throw. There's another part to it, though, is that Kendrick Bourne doesn't come back to the ball. He's sitting there like he's fielding a punt, like a fair catch. If he just comes up and makes contact, that's a PI, the ball's at the one-yard line. That play yeah. was super frustrating because quarterback and receiver, like, it's just not there. Like, it was just not – like, what's going on? Um, and, and, and so – but about Jimmy, like, just he's really – looked really off, all that. You, you brought up, like, okay, like, he looked flustered, like, the whole game where it's just like, oh, like, what do I do? What do I do? That's the thing that I always said, like, why I like Jimmy so much is because he doesn't do stuff like that. And, and so, like, if he ends up, like, starting to play like that, like, he looked like he was shook from the Super Bowl, to be honest. And I know that's probably not the case. Like, that's probably not why. But that's what it looked like. And so, if he doesn't – like, this episode is, like, let's relax because it's week one. But if this is something that we see down the road, like, it's going to be very concerning. Um, but with all that negativity said, I want to get to kind of like the positive part of this. The 49ers played bad. They played a bad game, and they lost by four points to a team that a lot of people view as a borderline playoff team, or they should be a playoff team, a team with a good quarterback, an offensive-minded coach that I don't know how good Cliff is, but he's got some praise, um, and DeAndre Hopkins, who completely torched them. You lose by four points. You had a punt get blocked that resulted in an immediate touchdown from Dante Johnson. Why the hell is Dante Johnson still on the team? I have no idea. That was the most irritating thing. Like, how is this dude still hurting the team? I don't know. Um, I know, man. <laughs> like, what the hell, dude? Why is he out there? Um, but I know Jason Verrett was out too. So defensively, they were pretty solid. Um, they allowed 24 points. And, yes, there was two missed field goals, so 30, you know, okay. But then you take away the touchdown, then you're right back to, like, 23. So 23, 24 points pretty much, like, in what they actually allowed. The defense was solid. The defensive line didn't – you didn't feel their dominance. That's what the Cardinals are trying to do. They're trying to not let you feel that dominance. And that's the way that their, their team just works. So I thought it was fine on the defensive side of the ball. The, the only issue that I really had was – that you have a starting cornerback in Emmanuel Mosley, who I've given a ton of praise to. I said that he should be the starter. He had 15 tackles. <laughs> 15 tackles. That's, that's how the 49ers were losing on defense. And a lot of people have said, like, okay, you got to get another cornerback. you got to get a cornerback, too. And I've been very against that. But I don't know, man. It, it was It's scary when you see on the stat sheet 15 tackles because that's the type of stuff that I, I just brought him up, Dante Johnson. When the 49ers were getting killed a couple years ago on defense, it was Dante Johnson 15 tackles every single game. So that's kind of my big concern right there. Here's, here's my thing um, with the defense. So I think it'll get better. I think that we're going to see um, 
a much better showing this week because this is the type of offense that the 49ers defense thrives off of. They're going to eat that defense or that offensive line um, alive this week. I mean, it's horrible. And it's Sam Darnold. You know, he's not going anywhere. Um, I mean, so here's my problem with the defense. Up front, it doesn't feel like they're getting a ton of pressure. I mean, two sacks on the day is actually pretty good pressure on the Cardinals because it's pretty similar offense to um, that of something you would see in Baltimore. And we all know how the Baltimore game went last year. Um, I don't want to even talk about it. But against mobile quarterbacks, even last season with the number one defense in the NFL – I mean, we got shredded. Both games against the Cardinals, our defense, we almost lost those games. And then the game uh, against um, Baltimore, obviously we lost. And then if you want to throw Russell Wilson into the mobile quarterback category, um, yeah, I mean, both of those games were really, really close too. So, you know, that part, you, you can't read into that too much. Like we're saying, you have to relax a little bit. Um, we, we knew that we were getting fried by mobile quarterbacks all last year as well. And we're a pretty average rush defense. I believe the official ranking last year was 17th against the rush. So whether it's a quarterback running or Kenyon Drake getting the ball, I mean, you, you know, you couldn't expect us to really, you know, be some kind of dominant run stu- uh, stuffing defense. But to your point, I, I have an issue a little bit with coaching here. Um, you know, as a coach, right, I, I, you go into the halftime and you see DeAndre Hopkins. I think his stats going into the locker room was like nine receptions for around 100 yards. If you see that going into the locker room, um, you, you got to give him some help. You, you either give him safety help or, you know, you got to you talk to Sherman and say, hey, do you feel comfortable traveling uh, on Hopkins or, you know, you, you have to do something. And when it wasn't Hopkins, the coaching was, you know, horrible as far as linebackers, you know, we're leaving the middle of the field wide open. And when we're not, we're either missing tackles on him uh, or, you know, it's resulting in a 15 yard penalty because we're getting a late hit. So I do think a lot of that defense was on coaching and just the fact that we struggle against mobile quarterbacks. Again, I'm not overreacting. I'm not reading into it too, too much. Um, Especially, you know, I think the next three games will be really telling as to what the defense is really about. Um, But overall, not a very, not a very uh, good showing from the defense. Yeah. I like, I like that you bring up like the next three games because Yes, this the offense didn't look that good. The defense looked solid. And and one thing I'd like to say is that because of like the defense, like they've had some struggles with running quarterbacks. I think that's really just like you have a guy like Kyler Murray, like a Lamar Jackson, like a Russell Wilson. They're just playmakers. And the way you beat those types of teams is you generate interior pressure. You saw DJ Jones had a sack today. That's a big, that's a big sign. Um, that's really good. Javon Kinlaw had a nice tackle. Didn't really hear his name that much. That's going to, that's expected. I wouldn't expect him to come out first game against Kyler Murray and just come out there and dominate. Like that's not, that's not expected. Yeah, he's, he's not Nick Bosa. Let's, let's just no. get that out of the way. We got spoiled with Nick Bosa, you know, Nick Bosa, Chase Young. These are guys who were NFL ready off the bat. You know, most defensive linemen are not like that coming out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and so the, the big thing that I think is that, like, 
you play against these playmaking quarterbacks, what the defense's role is is maybe generate a couple turnovers. They only had, I think they only had the one pick. Um, I, but I think someone else fumbled and that Cardinals recovered, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, Quan, Quan punched the ball out uh, of the, um, their new tight end. I forget his name. Uh, but, yeah, he punched it out, and then I think, like, an offensive lineman fell on it. So Yeah, so, so you, the way you beat teams that have a ton of playmakers is you give to them make mistakes, and you just you hang in there and you let the offense win. Like, there's a reason the Cardinals – or they have a good offense. Like they ha- that's their personnel. Like that's what they want to win through offense. And they didn't do that yesterday because the offense played so bad. I also think that the reason why I'm like big on the let's relax train is the next three games, Jets, Giants, Eagles. The Eagles lost to the Redskins. They were up 17-0. to that's, that's week one for you. The Niners were up 10-0. You know, like that's week one. Like week one is just a whole bunch of this type of stuff. The offense plays – it, there wasn't a game last year where the offense played this bad. I don't think. Maybe the um, Steelers game. <laughs> yeah, I that would, was I a bad argue, one. I would argue either that. I mean, that was pretty bad just from the fact that we were getting stalled, or I would argue just the the Seattle game just from the fact that I mean, you're missing literally your starting kicker, your starting tight end, your starting wide receiver. I mean, what you know? What do you want them to do? I I, I don't really look back at that game and say like that's anyone's fault I just think that's bad luck really going into that game but yeah I mean uh I I think that the offense this is probably the worst outing we've seen offensively in the last two years for sure yeah and and the so for the offense I, I think for all 49 fans it's not time to press the panic button or anything like that it's week one like week one is weird there's a reason I think I tweet out something like Jim Harbaugh never started out 2-0 2-0 and on the 49ers. They went to three straight NFC championships. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to start out super good. Isn't that the Patriots thing, Tom Brady and Bill? Like they would lose like a whole bunch of week ones yeah. and week twos. I mean, you, I remember the Thursday night game where they got just destroyed by the Chiefs, and then yeah. I'm pretty sure they, were, they either won or lost the Super Bowl that year. Doesn't, no, they, they won. Yeah, they went. I, I'm pretty sure – I want to say they finished like 12-4 and four and then went to the Super Bowl. And I think that was the 20 – it might have been the 28-3 to three Super Bowl or a couple years before that. But, yeah, I mean, starting out slow is completely fine. I mean, even if we went on this stretch, let's just say 2-2, two and two, I'm not, you know, chalking up the season. It's, you know, it's, it's not reasonable to do that. Uh, now, if we're stumbling into the playoffs at nine and seven, okay, then there's a reason to hit the panic button. But you have to remember, like, just because we had a 13 and three season doesn't mean we're going to do that again. The NFL is a league of such parity. Like, I think every single year they've said there's been four new playoff teams since like 1996. So, like, it's, and we're the defending NFC champs. It's hard to, get back to the Super Bowl, I would consider anything like above uh, 10 and six, like that's a win, you know, like just getting into the playoffs, especially this year where there's only one team getting a bye week. It's fine. You know, you, you have to trust your team in the long run, if, especially if you know your team is capable of it. I mean, the Chiefs barely got a first round bye last year. I mean, barely off the back of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So don't panic. I think this team's still capable of 11 and 5, 12 and 4. It's it's just, you know, it's about getting hot at the right time. Also, also you brought up if you stumble into the playoffs, right? This season 
is much different than other seasons because you stumble into the playoffs at nine and seven or 10 and six, you're the sixth or seventh seed. There's not, I mean, maybe there will be by then, but right now it doesn't look like there's going to be a clear home field advantage. If there's not fans, then that's really not that big of a deal. And this one's really just like get to the dance because anyone can make it. So that's kind of what I'm thinking, but I don't know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like this year. Like have, being the second seed doesn't mean all that much. I mean, last year the Titans were the sixth seed. They go on the road, beat the Patriots, beat the Ravens, and then they lost to the Chiefs. But they were they were hanging in that game. You know, like they they almost went. They almost had a Super Bowl berth out of out of a sixth seed. That happens every single year. The Giants teams with Eli Manning, they won because of their defensive line. Like that's the 49ers aren't really trying to replicate the New York Giants from when they beat the Patriots. But but you see those things all the time. So this year, like for in my mind, like, if you can go and just make the playoffs and it's like, oh, look, Brandon Ayuk emerged, Javon Kinlaw emerged, everyone's healthy, that is a massive win. Because I'm going to trust him to go on the road and beat the Packers. Like, if they're healthy and they're playing well, like, that's all that matters. So it doesn't mean that much. If they come out against the Jets and the Giants and Jimmy plays horrible, then it's time to raise some concerns. But right now it's more of just like, okay, they came out, they played horrible, they only lost by four points when they easily could have lost by a couple scores. So that's kind of where I'm at. If you want to say anything else, Jake, that's kind of like where I kind of want to feel like wrapping it up for me, just because it's, we don't got to panic. It's, it's going to be all right. I think next week we're going to see a, a, a whooping. <laughs> yeah. Jets, oh, for so. sure. I mean, a couple things that I just want to touch on your points. Um, yeah. For one, I mean, the fan thing. I mean, even if you look down the stretch in the playoffs, um, I mean, what, you know, even if let's say everything does go well with COVID, they're not going to have packed houses, you know, maybe we'll see 30,000 capacity max, um, even in like 70,000 seat venues. Um, so, you know, even if there is fans in there, sure, it'll be loud. It's not going to be chiefs deafening, can't hear, you know, I need silent snap count loud. It's not going to be like that loud in the stadium. And in a lot of places, it's still going to be, you know, automated 70 to 75 decibel crowd noise, which is a clear advantage for the away team because now the home team is not feeding off that juice. And yeah, I just think we have to relax. I, I would argue that last season, despite losing more games in the second half, I would argue that was the better half of our season because we played a lot harder teams and we fought a lot harder in those games and we had guys like Kittle going off you had Debo Samuel emerging Sanders had a few big catches I would probably argue the second half was Jimmy's better half of football like you just have to trust the fact that this team will stay hot they'll ride it into the playoffs and like you're saying just get in it doesn't matter if you get that first round by I mean it does but in this year especially, I, I don't think it's going to matter as much. Also, look at the NBA. Like, you have the Celtics beating um, the Raptors. I think the Celtics were the three. And then you have the Heat beating the Bucks kind of easily in five games. So you don't have to have the better seat. Like, the home, the home court isn't a thing in the NBA. Um, and in NFL, we don't know what it will be. But if it's like it is right now, if it's like it is on Sunday, and that's like the Niners' home playoff game, that's not anything special. So I think that definitely relax and just make it to the dance, win some games. I said this before, the division, the divisional games are the most important. Those are the six most important games. 
maybe you can say a couple other games, but I think that those are the six most important. If you lose to the Cardinals and you lose to the Rams, one of each, and then you, you know, you split those games and you beat the Seahawks twice, that's a win for the season. And we are one sixteenth done with the season. That is almost nothing. So it's going to be fine. We're, they're going to be all right. I think they're going to bounce back big time against the Jets. I mean, that's probably the best team to play <laughs> as a bounce back. It's probably the worst roster in the league. <laughs> so, for sure. Especially like their offensive line isn't good. They don't have good receivers. So the 49ers, their defense should have an absolute field day. And their offense can have a chance to bounce back and be like, okay, let's get some confidence. Like defense is just working up. So hopefully that's the case. Hopefully it's just a quick flip of the switch and everything's back to normal. And it's a, you know, the dominant defense carrying an offense that I think – I still think the offense has a chance to be great. Um, no Ayuk, no Debo, that's a big deal. Trent Taylor, Dante Pettis. Dante, I don't think Dante Pettis is even going to be a factor at all for the rest of the season. Real quick, man, I just want to say, I mean, you could basically argue that Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing two lawn chairs out there yesterday, and he still threw for 259 yards, 12th in the league and two TD passes, which is seventh in the league, and uh, had zero picks. So uh, despite having arguably his worst game of the year already, it wasn't his worst stat line of the year, that's for sure. That's, that's a fair point. So, yeah, I think that's good for the episode today. If you guys are listening to this on Apple, please give us a rating and review. Five stars would be sick and we're going to be doing this kind of recap episodes and then more of like our typical, like, okay, here's the, the big um, like topics to talk about, but that's what we're going to be doing moving forward. So thanks for listening.